is the Entertainment Beyond Podcast with your host Jensen Dean Jackson and Alan Weinstein, bringing you all things relevant in pop culture and entertainment. We will be with you weekly, at least, talking about movies, politics, music, and all things in between. So check us out. See you next week. Same bad time, same bad station. How's it going? Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. I had my had my AirPods connected. I didn't know it. Uh, okay. I was like, I can hear myself saying shit to myself. <laughs> well, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode. The final episode, so to in a in, in a certain set of terms of entertainment beyond. As always, I'm one of your guest hosts, Jensen, the beautiful, majestic, motherfucking Dean Jackson, joined by Mr. Entertainment Beyond, Alan Weinstein. And Mr. Entertainment Beyond, you know, uh, this is your news. I didn't want to spoil in the PSA. Why don't you tell the people uh, the big news that's going to shatter, shake, and uh, split the very foundations of their enjoyment beyond entertainment? Um, yeah, unfortunately, as, as listeners, all three of our loyal listeners know, I, I haven't lived up to the moniker Mr. Entertainment Beyond in many ways, and I'm dropping the ball again one more time. I'm going to have to take a little bit of a step back and, and only be on probably once a month. Um, I think that's the plan at this point. Um, I just unfortunately have so much going on that just carving out the time to watch the shows and stuff, it's just... I love doing this. It's just has so much going on at the moment. And hopefully down the road, you know, in the next few months or something, my schedule will clear up a little bit and, and I'll be able to come back, you know, um, on a more regular basis. But I'm definitely committed to being here at least once a month. Um, you know, ongoing as, as long as the podcast continues to go on. So there I you hope you all it. stay listening. And uh, don't forget that it's, it's really uh, Mr. Majestic that holds it down. And uh, it's his golden vocal cords that we're all here to listen to. Um, even if I'm not around, you know, obviously, please, please tune in always. And I'll be sharing it on my timeline always. And, uh, yeah, you'll, you'll still hear me. Well, Alan, of the people who have come to know over the past two years, it takes two to make a thing go right. There's no podcast without Mr. Self-Appointedly entertainment beyond <laughs> but today nothing like a good that, self-gloss. That, what nothing like a good self-glossing <laughs> but enough with that 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 solemn news uh let's get to a tv show that you loved so much you just didn't want to watch any more episodes of it oh my god i don't know i mean i guess it's just because they're popular, but this is now you just strike two in the last two in a row, two strikes in a row for you, sir. You're about to strike out on picking bad shows, in my opinion. Really, I know we disagreed on Peacemaker, and I guess we'll see what you think about this one. But in my opinion, Moses Peacemaker and this were a definite strike at strikes. Well, like I said before, Peacemaker turned out to be one of the most lauded after streaming shows in the history of streaming. 
So, you know, I feel like uh, one of us is right and the other one is wrong, you know. Well, 52% or 55% of the people voted for Donald Trump at one point, too, so. Oh, you're going to pull you're going to pull numbers like that, huh? <laughs> I guess I mean, that's just no, politics. I guess there's no accounting for bad taste. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, you don't really like anything, so there's that. That's true. I should be Mr. Negative Entertainment Beyond, or just Mr. Negative, I guess. You know, honestly, I watched it because I watched all the episodes they had to offer because why not? And Is there only four to date? What? Is there only the four to date? Yeah. Okay. But I don't really care about this. I mean, uh,. <clears throat> I guess it is historically important because it is like uh, this the one I suppose without this this Pam and Tommy tape you would have never gotten one night or how many night ever nights that guy stayed in Paris or or the Kim Kardashian and sex tape or something but this this in in terms of zeitgeist historical um, factuality I don't care you know and and I. I <clears throat> I care because it made Pamela Anderson, who was already uh, a sex symbol or idol or whatever pathetic men say that to themselves when they jack off in the grandma's basement. Uh, that's the only way I care because it's unfair, you know, and it happened. She, she talks about it, I think it was the episode that you didn't watch, but about how it negatively culturally wise is going to impact her and everybody's going to call her slut and Tommy Lee is going to just be high-fived and become more of a man than he already allegedly was you know and it's true to to a certain degree I mean she still she still shook out better than everything that went down with Monica Lewinsky it was a two totally different um cases but to draw a comparison in terms of the way that the that the world views women who behave sexually uh but yeah at the end of the day i'm watching the show and i just couldn't give a shit and alan you know how many times i watched a piece of media and i just figured you know if they changed these these one or two simple things story would be over <clears throat> and this story would have been over if tommy lee wasn't a cheap wacky weird piece of shit who didn't pay people yeah it just yeah. If this show was supposed to endear these people to me or make me feel like, oh, poor rich people, it did not. Not in the very yeah. least. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I, you know, I, I'll, I'll break it down a little bit more on my, uh, from where I'm coming from. Like, you know, I, these are, are two celebrities that I could really care less about. I mean, I, I was never, a, I'm not a Tommy Lee fan. I, you know, I guess on Baywatch, like every kid or young adult did. I don't know what year that was. You know, sure, I probably jacked off to Kelly Anderson, like you said. But, um, you know, I, I was, I never gave a shit about what she was doing then. I really don't care about what she's doing now. And I'm not saying that this addresses that in any way. I'm just saying I still don't care. Um, and as a result, you're right. I mean, I, you know, there was no, there's no interest in this for me, which makes it even harder to watch because it's, it's really bad. I mean, like, 
I, 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 whenever we want to actually get into the movie or the show itself, I thought the acting was terrible. I mean, I just, and I thought the Sebastian Stan, who I really like, I thought, I guess, tried to do the best with what was a bad script and, you know, really bad writing. But um, we, I guess we get into that a little bit more, you know, as we talk a little bit more about it. But um, yeah, I just, this, it missed on all marks for me. And in fact, I only watched the first two because you only said to watch the first two in the beginning and I couldn't watch any more than the first two. I mean, I, yeah, it's terrible. It's just terrible. It's terrible, terrible, terrible. A subject I don't care about in a, in a formatting, in a format that I thought was poorly done or poorly executed and just, yeah, all the way around. It, it missed the mark for me all the way around. Well, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to finish it just because, you know, at least I can say I broke out of my shell and watched something that wasn't It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. But uh, Well, you're a completionist. You like to complete stuff even if it's bad. You like to at least finish it. Oh, no. If it's really, really bad, then there's just no <laughs> pulling through that shit. But uh, <clears throat> I don't know. I, I had my phone out ready to take some notes, and the only thing that struck me as, like, noteworthy, I think this is in, like, episode three, was uh, apparently Pamela Anderson was married to Scott Bale, which I don't know. Yeah. Like, we look at that. her hit list, and you you got all these fucking you got motherfucker from Motley Crue, and you got all these you got Brett Michaels, and there's square ass Scott Charles Bale. Charles in charge doesn't fit in, <laughs> huh? Charles in charge doesn't. Fit yeah, in? Charles. I, no, he does not because Charles is in <laughs> charge of a clean air quotes, safe image. These other motherfuckers, you, you don't know what they're doing. It just, it struck me as odd. Yeah, I agree. Like, I mean, you know, Brett Michaels and Tommy Lee are at least, you know, whether I, I, I know them per se or not, they're major musicians, you know, major celebrity musicians. I don't even, I mean, Scott Bayo's uh, at best a D-list celebrity at this point. Like, it just, and even then, like, Charles in charge had been off the air for a while, like it seems like. So it seems a little weird that, but yeah, I mean, I don't, you know, I mean, this thing missed in so many ways for me, like, you know, I mean, I took a few notes, just mental notes, just about how bad whoever the actress is that was playing Pamela Lee, like uh, Lily I James. And so she, they I, actually did a good job with uh, making her look somewhat like Pamela Anderson. I thought she looked a little bit physically like her. She in the looked body more like Pam Anderson than Sebastian Stan looked like Tommy Lee. Not Tommy um, Lee Jones, for anybody to be confused. Not Tommy right. Lee Jones, just Tommy Lee. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I thought it was, I, I mean, I could see it the other way, but either way, I didn't think either of them looked very much of like each other. Of course you could, because you always had to disagree. And, and I don't know if they told her to do it, but Pamela Anderson, at least in the few interviews that I've seen, because, you know, I mean, Obviously, you would have had to have been living under a rock to not know about this. And so I'm familiar with Pamela Anderson, and I've seen her in interviews. She's not as fucking dumb and as this fucking story makes her come off to me or this lady plays her to me. I don't know if that's just a direction. I don't know if it's the actress. I don't know if it's a script. I don't know what the fuck it is. But it missed for me all the way around. I mean, she, I thought she was. she's absolutely terrible. And I'm not a big Pamela Anderson fan, but this is bad. I mean, this looks really bad for Pamela, and I, I, she's not that bad. 
And and then the scene, the only other scene that I really remember that I had to mention in this was the scene where he's fucking talking to his dick. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, what are we watching here? His fucking <laughs> penis is talking back to him. I was like, oh my God. I know I'm done with this nonsense. Like this has zero redeeming value in any way, shape, or form. That was it's the line that inter- ran for you, Alan. It's not entertaining me. It's not doing anything morally. It's not doing anything ethically. It's not doing anything, you know, positive in any way. And it's not entertaining me. So yeah, fuck this. This is ridiculous. Yeah, this is nonsense. I mean, the the, the only in the first two episodes. The shining spot was Seth Rogen. That's the best acting I thought he's done. I wanted to mention that. Honorary mention. I thought that's the best acting I've ever seen Seth Rogen done. It, you know, it wasn't the stupid just, I'm a stoner, <laughs> Seth Rogen. He actually played a character in a, you know, that was a whatever that actually I thought felt like the character, like not just some goofy dumb, dumb guy. And, I, you know, I don't know if he's growing as an actor, which maybe that's what's going on, but he definitely... I thought he was the best by far in the first two episodes that I saw as far as, you know, the best actor on the show. But you didn't want to go back for more Seth Rogen. Oh, also the the anima, animatronic dick was voiced by Jason Manzukis. Unreal. Just unreal. That was your line in the sand. That's what made you. Did you turn it off right then and there? Yeah, and then basically, no, I mean, I watched it all the way through the end of the second episode. But yeah, I mean, I, well, I stopped it there for a minute because, you know, I mean, it's enough to be like, fuck, you know, I don't really want to see this fucking. And then just more gratuitous penis shots. There were plenty of, uh, you know, and I don't know if they're all CGI or if some of that's actually Sebastian Pan, but I don't want to see it either way. So, you know, put your dick away and quit showing it to me on my screen. You know, it's not. And that's the other thing, like, I, I mean, maybe they lived, and, and maybe that's the story that they're trying to tell. Maybe they lived like porn stars, but I don't want to fucking see that. That's not the part of the story that I'm fucking interested in. Actually, I'm not interested in any part of it, so it doesn't really matter. But if there was, it's not the part of it that I'm fucking interested in. I'm more but interested you're fine in the way with, you know, with fake Pamela Anderson walking around with her tits out. That doesn't strike you or give you pause at all. Well, of course, sure. I mean, no doubt. But still, I mean, it's, you know, I mean, that that's only good for so much. I mean, and then, you know, so what? You get a little half chubby. As soon as you start to get, you know, three quarters erect, then here comes fucking Sebastian's dick. And it's like, now I'm flat. Now I'm flaccid again. So it doesn't <laughs> matter. I don't like know what version of the TV show you're watching. But I only remember seeing a random dick one time. And while I, I don't know, really... I didn't need to see it. Didn't really hurt me or stop me from watching the rest well, of the show. Well, clearly, I was paying too much attention. Clearly, I was paying too much. Clearly, I was paying too much attention and was obsessed by it. I swear, I caught at least five shots of his penis. The first one where she took her pants, where she took his pants down, it was like, oh, yeah. oh it's magnificent. Yeah, and then know, the scene, you just, you just learn to gloss over shit like that. <laughs> And then the whole talking to it scene, and then the other scene where they're dancing around on the bed and it's shaking around. It just, there was way too much dick. In, in, in one one shot of a penis in two episodes in the two hours, two hour long episodes is way more than enough. 
let alone three or four. So, yeah, it's it's too much. So, and 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 again, I don't like you said in the beginning. I don't care. So, it's really hard when I feel like something's bad to to, to, to just stay the course. Like this is bad, and I don't give a shit. I, I really can't do this. Like I just I can't. And I understand. I mean, I'm hey, look, I'm thankful for you know Pamela Anderson being hot and all that stuff, and for I guess being kind of the 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 pioneer of the celebrity sex tape, and for Seth Rogen's character being a slime ball and all that stuff. But or for I I, I mean, he wasn't really a slime ball before Tommy Lee was a fucking piece of shit to him. So well, I guess we don't know that for sure, but because we don't see anything about him before the interaction with Tommy Lee, but. It looks like, you know, in my opinion, he's forced into kind of doing what he does. Uh, um, I don't think, I wouldn't call that uh, last night at work. And uh, <laughs> as unfortunate as it is to get financially fucked over for a large amount of money, it is equally as disgusting to do the act. Without him, he could have he could have chosen the high road like his other contractor buddy. But he chose no doubt, to... No doubt. To, to distribute fucking porn around Hollywood and uh, well, I mean, that's, that's a whole bunch of shit. I, I fucking bump up against it and it's like uh, uh, Pam Anderson had nothing to do with Tommy Lee and there's even I think it's episode 3 yeah it's like episode 3 or 4 where they go see a private eye and uh, the private eye asks why this can be happening and he, he admits to it and the, the, the look of shock on her face I mean she doesn't say anything too much about the fact that he uh, fired people after they racked up like thousands of dollars in financial debt uh, trying to accomplish what he wanted and then when uh, Seth Rogen's character came back he pointed a shotgun in his face like everything that happened in terms of sex tape is it's all Tommy Lee's fault but the person who is saddled with the fucking responsibility of some, feeling some type of guilt or bullshit or, or whatnot is Pamela Anderson. She's only guilty by association. That's where I start to be like, well, you know, you're not a good character. You know, you're, I, I think it's pretty clever how they, they, you know, position the story and who's to say what's legitimately like the meat and potatoes of the real bones of the story. But uh, no, thinking well, about it, meditating, if you will, on it. I don't really see Seth Rogen as any better than than uh, Tommy Lee. Yeah, I don't know. I thought Seth Rogen was well. I mean, I think it's uh, so. Here's where here's where it comes down to those two for me. Like Seth Rogen for me is it has been an okay actor. Like when he's doing you know pretty easy roles. I but I like, didn't mean I mean I didn't mean acting. I meant his character. Oh yeah 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 yeah. No, I would agree with that. I would agree with that. Yeah. But, you know, I don't think, and I'm not really uh, bumping into or having issues with anybody's acting. I feel like uh, uh, Sebastian Stan does a good job of impressing the point that Tommy Lee is not a person that, like, normal people want to hang out with. I was like, I was just, some of the shit he was doing in that show, I was like, God damn, like, if this is how the real guy is, like, even a quarter or a fraction of this character, like, I could not stand to be in the same room as a motherfucker like that. No doubt. 
No doubt. And, and 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 walking around in the like, why do you never have a shirt on, dude? Like, can you put a shirt on sometimes? Well, you don't know like, power move when you see it. You're walking around in the thong. That's just nothing but power move. That's why you know, right? Weird, right? Right? No, I mean, right? He thinks he's Tony Montana or something. Sure, of course. I mean, you know, whatever. Not that Tony Montana ever wore a thong like that, but just who's, that who's idea. Say, you know, people say that Oscar De La Hoya. Used to run around and drag. I mean, you know, whatever makes you feel comfortable. There should be no shame. I feel like it's it's unprofessional. Like one, I don't know a lot of people who are who are living in a house that are having work done. I guess that must be a rich person lifestyle. But I feel like it's uh more than a tad bit unprofessional to walk around in a fucking thong. You know, doesn't matter if they're male oh, or female. These are people that you're paying as your employees. You're technically their or, or having to having be. to listen to them having to listen to them fuck right above you. Nothing yeah, like hearing I just I don't Anderson know what, what fuck my tight pussy while I'm house done. Uh, usually they vacate the premises, you know, so yeah. the workers can work. It just you know it's. It, I don't want to. But then you again, I just chalk it up or equate it all to uh, to um. Uh, that I, I just some of that shit like walking around thong and be like I'm a, I I just kept thinking like this is what weirdo rich people in Hollywood do as weird you know uh, status yeah, symbol no, they, bullshit I'm gonna walk no around doubt. a thong yeah they want people to hear them fucking they fuck with the door open so that you hear them fucking you know what I'm saying like and then they come down in a thong like what you know what I mean like what what's going on like something like I mean just fucking normal like. You know what I mean? Like, this is how everybody fucking lives. You know what I mean? Like, no, dude, you're fucking trying to show off. You're trying to create shock and awe. And I'm not real interested in that. I don't give a shit about you or what you're doing. I have no desire just to sensationalize somebody just for being a piece of shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, and and I don't like his fucking music on top of it. It's not, I mean, other than smoking in the boys' room, I give a fuck about Molly Crew. Like, I you know what I mean? And so, or any of his other fucking bullshit music. I'm not a heavy metal fan. I'm not into that kind of music. And I really don't fucking like people like that. You know what I mean? And the fact that she, not that I had any fucking respect for her to begin with, but just that she would be with someone like that for longer than a day after she realized what he was really like is just even more of an indictment. You know, now she's on the negative numbers as far as my like for her like I just yeah I mean, I just, oh she's on I already, the decline for your jack off list now she's she's not she's been permanently not. removed from the spank bank oh god what is Pamela Anderson gonna do she's removed from your jack off corner absolutely she's hurting right now she's crying because of that I'm sure she is she's definitely crying over all the jizz that's not being spilled in her name <laughs> I'm 45. I don't have that much left to spill, anyways. <laughs> oh, ladies and gentlemen, we are sending you, or listeners of all backgrounds, I should say, we are sending you off in raunchy fashion for <laughs> one of Classic Alan's last regular podcast episodes. Classic in the gym beyond fashion. Classic. Well, we're always striving to go beyond typical entertainment and speaking <laughs> of going beyond the typical alan today's um i almost said interview for some weird reason to, yeah today's interview sponsor? is sponsored today's podcast is unofficially sponsored by a little company called scent bird now scent bird 
is a place. Obviously, there's scents invo- involved, you know. Smells, not common sense. But uh, <laughs> Scentbird is a subscription-based program like pretty much everything nowadays. Pretty soon, they'll you'll have a subscription to have monthly sex with somebody. It's only a matter of time. But Scentbird is a subscription-based program where you select different clones. Basically, if you're somebody who's like me who doesn't have a signature scent, you can pick out different clones. And I just received a box of uh, six different ones. I got some John Vervedos. I got some Hugo Boss. I got some Dolce & Gabbana. I got some fucking... I've heard about this. Versace. Uh, And yeah, you know, I'm on the payment plan where it's uh, three cents a month for, I think, $30 or something like that. But yeah, today unofficial sponsor <clears throat> is scent bird if you're feeling fresh you're feeling fly and you want to look like you're uh ready to uh spray on <laughs> your your freshest scent from scent bird <laughs> like raymond's mother says on everybody loves raymond you got me pears what do i need what do i need with all these pears and he says, there's more fruit coming next month. And she says, oh, my God, there's more fruit coming next month. It's just like that. Oh, my God, there's more fucking cologne coming next month. And if you're if you're also if you're in, if you don't want to wait for your queue, you know, because I what I do is I basically just stack my queue out for the month. And then every month I just the only thing I have to worry about is remembering that I have a subscription and not getting pissed off when fifteen dollars disappears from my account. <laughs> But right? you can, you do have the option to buy your queue, and the more scents, the more colognes or perfumes you stack in the queue, they knock off a certain percentage. So I actually just, that that was my order. I still got uh, this month's order, so I've got three more clones coming in the mail. Uh, when, when I tell women this shit, they look at me like some kind of sociopath. No, it's, it's intended, you know, so when I rob a bank, I smell like John Vervedos, but when I go to dinner, I smell like Hugo Boss. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, you can buy your entire queue if you if you like. But uh, sorry, Alan and the listeners, to get off uh, track a little bit, I just wanted to let everybody know the unofficial sponsor. Keep things fresh. Keep things fly. Keep things fancy. Scentbird, get on it. I definitely heard. I heard. I I don't know that it was Scentbird. Someone was telling me about one that they participate in. I, I I feel like Scentbird is a name I hadn't heard or that they didn't tell me. I thought it was something else, but it could have been Scentbird, but I've definitely heard of it. So it's interesting. I mean, I, I definitely wear, you know, cologne. I don't know that I wear enough to like ooh, every month. I mean, it could be a lot like it could stack up, but hey, it never, I mean, in theory, you know, it lasts for a while and, you know, eventually I'll use it. I mean, so. Well, it's only like, it's a, it's a tiny little spray bottle. It's not the whole thing. I think right. It's like, sure. Zero, zero point something ounces of cologne. It's enough of you to get like an idea of if you like the cologne. And I just like I, I'm not gonna ever really just buy traditional cologne ever again. I don't have to, man. I got sent for sure. baby. I'm fresh, fly, and ready to get on out of here because <laughs> dye doesn't really make any sense. But uh... <laughs> yes. And the listeners are probably thinking, like, oh, my God, he finally stopped fucking popping bottles and unofficially sponsored by different, just just a goddamn excuse to get drunk is what it is. Right. Well, I mean, you're, you're not just one-dimensional. You're, you're more than just an alcoholic. I'm multifaceted. <laughs> I can be an alcoholic and smell tasty, too. <laughs> I don't have to be an alcoholic who smells like fucking, 
like fucking barrel beer. I can smell like fancy, you know, be a drunk who smells like John Barbados. You know why? Because that guy, John Barbados, is pretty goddamn smelling or pretty goddamn good smelling, if you ask me. Right? The real boss is the guy who's drunk and smells like Hugo Boss. And his name actually happens to be Hugo. It's just irony. <laughs> oh my God, we are way off the rails. <laughs> Well, uh, let's get back to Pam and Tommy. You said you had some notes, some mental oh, just, notes. Just those, those were my notes. Just basically that I thought that the, the, the lady that played Pam was terrible. I mean, I don't remember Pam Anderson. And again, I haven't, it's not like I was the biggest fan or like, you know, whatever, whatever. But the few interviews I've seen with her and the little bit I do know about her just from those days or whatever, just from, you know, her being a celebrity. I don't remember her being quite that like what, what came across to me as dumb and vapid and and very air heavy and and all those kind of things and and I, you know just 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 wafer thin as far as any kind of depth of a person that he's portrayed that's in the first two well episodes. i mean how much depth do you want a person to have who you just jack off to you alan i mean that's a real <laughs> question Sounds i like just, just want around to jack off to her do you really need a lot of emotional depth we are just <laughs> coming to a woman i'd love to know um Several things. I'd love to know, and you can probably comment on this because you're uh, the expert, um, were Pam and Tommy involved in this at all? How accurate is this to I their life? Know that. I, I know that it's probably it's probably got Seth Rogen's prints all over it. Sure. In terms of writing in some sort or something like that, but I do not actually know. I would I'd be that at the very know, least like, that they'd like signed off to get paid for it. That's what I would. I would, I would imagine so. I mean, I you know, um, but I wonder how accurate it actually is. I often found myself thinking to myself, how true to, you know, how accurate this is. And if it is accurate, it's even more appalling, um, you know. But I don't know. So I just I don't know. The whole thing left me very flat. Again, didn't care. Um, no, mostly my notes were just about how bad I thought the actress was. That we, playing Pam and the uh, and the stuff with the penis um, I, you know I thought Seth Rogen again I mentioned it before was really good he showed me a different side of himself as far as an, an yeah, ability thank god a, he didn't show you his dick well there is that too I thought him and the black dude were going to make out at one point no I'm just kidding <laughs> um, um, I did find and, it kind of cute that the black guy was always drinking some different kind of mar- martini or something or a margarita. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, and I just, yeah, I mean, just the whole, you know, the, the weird shit with them in the bathtub, I guess. I guess they were high. I mean, I'm yeah, not they sure. Were, the they fuck. were connecting. They were on fucking Molly Ecstasy or something. Molly or whatever the fuck they're on. Yeah, I mean, and just the over-excessive, like, licking each other just all the time like i don't know like i'm good with pda and i want a girl to be like into me i'm glad that my wife loves me after 20 years still you know but like i don't want a second skin like even if they're hot like that like back the fuck up a little bit like i just i felt like she was way too like just all over him and again maybe that's maybe that's how it really was but it feels like for me, I try to give her a little bit more of the benefit of the doubt and think she's not quite that just but maybe she is. I don't know. Who knows? Who knows? Well, what are you gonna give this uh this gem of a your last regular 
podcast, what rating are you going to give it? Just get zero out of four puffs. Damn. Damn, Gina. That's pretty cold. This is a zero. If I could go negative, I would go negative. I'm going to give it, I'm going to give it one just to be kind. I feel like, you know, we built up this really, we never agree on shit. So I'm just going to go opposite momentum, whatever the fuck you said. Uh, I'm not going to be overly generous because this doesn't deserve. This is this is one step above, like, something that you would see on whatever the scuzzy version of the Hallmark Channel would be. No doubt. Well, Alan, no doubt. we haven't done it in a while. We've only come in at 30 minutes, and most of those minutes we're talking about the unofficial sponsor. Uh, you want to dip into some news for one of the last times? If you've got some, I'm ready to talk about it. I just I've, got, I've got 13 tabs worth of news. And, All uh, right, let's put it up. This first one, this is a more personal story to me than it probably is to you, Alan, just because I like the movie. But uh, well, looking then fuck back, it, I don't care. Huh? Well, then fuck it, I don't care. Move on. No, I'm just <laughs> looking back on a walk to remember to celebrate the 20th anniversary of the romantic drama, star Mandy Moore says that she'd love to see a reboot, uh, a reboot, and she a has reboot? fan cast um, Olivia Rodrigo, who I believe was uh, one of the stars of the remake of uh, West Side Story. Interesting. Is Reboot the Canadian version of a reboot? <laughs> Fuck you. Uh, <laughs> you know, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, reboot is, could, could be the Canadian version. <laughs> That's, you know, this is, it's, it's got to be personal to you because I don't even think I saw this movie ever. So I, I don't remember ever seeing this movie. Um, I mean, you never you know, saw I Walk mean, to Remember? Nope. Oh God, man! It's a good movie. It make you cry. It's yeah, that's like probably a, why I won't. It's this. like a uh, Nicholas Sparks book or Nicholas Sparks book, but uh, yeah, better. Boo! Boo. <laughs> yeah, the, I mean, most people would be like you know you like walk to remembers like yeah I don't really tell people too too much because I don't really care to hear their uh, their uh, <laughs> their their judginess. But yeah, I, I like. Well, walk to remember. It's like telling people you like Nickelback. <laughs> Nickel, I don't like Nickelback. Yeah, You're not you. I'm saying it's like telling people you like Nickelback if you do. <laughs> oh yeah, no, no, yeah, no. I'm sure that there's someone out there that feels the same way. Talking about is good, whereas that's Nickelback. So you can look <laughs> at all the photographs you want to, but you're still Nickelback at the end of the day. I'm sorry. <laughs> so yeah, so that doesn't really move the needle for me. I mean. Uh, I like Mandy Moore, but if she's not going to be... Do you like Mandy it, Moore because of her affability in terms of your ability to jack off to her? To her or do you like her because she's, you know, a good actor? I think she's a good actor. I mean, I, I you know, I mean, I, I think that she actually has some talent and some skill. I mean, Sounds I like she, you're reaching, man. You're just jacking off to Mandy Moore, aren't you? You don't respect women at all. <laughs> you don't. No doubt. No doubt. You probably um, disgustingly rate them in your head on ability to come to them or not, because you're just a typical guy. Well, this podcast is definitely not getting shared with my mother now. Uh, <laughs> who does? Who does Alan sometimes Bob, like I'm to listen? Joking. Sir. He doesn't. He doesn't do that. Well, I, I know she knows I don't do that, but still. Um. 
No, I mean, I think Mandy Moore is a decent actress. I mean, I've enjoyed her in prior stuff before. I mean, I, I think she's better than some of her contemporaries. You know, if I, if I'm comparing her to like a, a Lindsay Lohan, I think she's a little bit better of an Lindsay actress. Lohan. Lohan. Yeah, I'm just you know people that are you know roughly the same age, I guess, or somewhat contemporaries. I mean, Lindsay Lohan's been an actress a lot longer, but I think they're roughly around the same age. Um, the same age, I mean, you know, put them in a lineup, you wouldn't be able to tell because Lindsay Blohan just she's hit it hard forever, right? But I just mean, you know, as far as I think she's a better actress than Lindsay, I think you know, some of her contemporaries that are her age, so I know man, I, like, I was just giving you shit. I'm just saying, I like Mandy more, but as far as a walk to remember, I haven't seen the movie, so I'm well, I suggest that you, uh, hey, hey, um, maybe don't watch it actually, don't watch it for uh. For Valentine's Day, I don't know what I was thinking. But, you know, a nice little <laughs> date night with your wife. Be warned, it's going to twist ending, make you cry. Some some third act shit that punches you in the gut. But it's a good fucking movie. Yeah, uh, yeah. I'll definitely uh, talk to the wife about checking it out. Um. Okay, let's get on to something a little bit more fun, a little bit more fearless. Uh. Roland Emmerich, director of movies like Independence Day and White House Down and the latest one, uh, Moonfall, says that he disliked Game of Thrones ending so much he confronted the showrunners about it. And uh, we've talked about Game of Thrones, uh, I believe, one time. Uh, This will mark the second time on this podcast we've talked about that divisive show. But... uh, I just find that funny. I mean, it would it would only only a rich person could uh, have the uh, the means to to um, run well, up to one of these writers, director, a screenwriter, or something. I mean, he's not just a rich guy, right? I mean, he's he's I some mean, sort of you know you know what I'm saying. You know, like a, a normal fan can run up to Benioff or Weiss and uh, give them a piece of their mind about. Uh, the end of Game of Thrones, much less have them give half of a shit enough to to listen. Like, you have to be someone in the stratosphere. Right. No doubt. I mean, you know, it, it's interesting. I mean, I, you know, I it's been a while since I watched it, um, but I, you know, I'm familiar with the books because I read all the books, too. And I'm waiting on the next book. My God, you read those fucking tomes? Well, I didn't read them. I listened to them on audiobook, but I mean, it's essentially the not same reading. thing. Not I mean, reading. Yes, it is. How is it not reading? I don't know. I don't know. I'm not going to be a gatekeeper about it, but you didn't <laughs> You didn't fondle the pages. You didn't tickle the spine. Neither does someone that reads it on a Kindle, but they're still reading it. Yeah, I hate Kindle readers, too. <laughs> I'm well, sorry. I'm I... a book purist. I believe if you want to get the knowledge, you got to put fingers to page and turn motherfucker turn yeah i don't you know the the reality is is that i learn better auditorially so i mean i get this i get every single word that you get when you read it off the page and somebody reading it right off the page it's not abridged it's all in a bridge it's the actual book it's just somebody reading it to me and it makes it easier for me to process so you're still enjoying a book i know some women that i had to stop uh talking too romantically because they said reading was for stupid people so <laughs> at least you're still absorbing knowledge you're you're reading a book it doesn't matter if it's being read to you or you're reading it you're reading right. a book i mean that's I how suppose. i see it 
So I listen to a lot of books. Um, and so I've listened to all of these and I, you know, they definitely, the last one or the last two, I think you still got two coming out at some point that, you know, so the series hasn't ended as far as George R. R. Martin's concerned, but obviously HBO wrapped up their deal. Um, you know, we, I think we talked about this. Yeah, rather hastily, uh, we might say. Yeah, I think we talked about this when we did the, the one podcast, I think, that we did on this. When you start, you know, when you take someone's story or vision and, and either end it or do something different with it, then you get what you get, you know? I mean, this is no longer George R. R. Martin's Game of Thrones because he hasn't ended it yet, and you did. So you don't know how the creator was going to end it or the original storyteller was going to end it. You ended it before he did. So, you know, I mean, yeah, I mean, you're probably going to be disappointed. I mean, to be fair, I was a little disappointed in the last book anyhow, but, you know, the reason that we like stuff generally is because it came from the mind of the person that created it and it's unique. And, and most people can't just duplicate that. That's why it's special. Um, and, you know, not everybody is George R. R. Martin, you know, and, and can just come in and take over his story and, and end it in a way that's, that's appropriate when he hasn't even ended it yet. So yeah, I don't, it's weird, but um, it doesn't surprise me. I think there was a lot of uproar at the time because it was an extremely popular show um, that the way that it ended and just kind of the overall treatment of the story as opposed to the books, but yeah, especially the ending though both being rushed and just kind of way off base from the books itself. Yeah, it was super rushed. Um, it uh, sucked. No, there's no way. I mean, it's so rushed that, you know, you'd miss things like editing out Starbucks cups and shit like that. Right. Uh, I just find it funny. Uh, by the way, you know, go see Moonfall. Anybody who hasn't seen her, if they're trepidations about it, we all need stupid popcorn bullshit fun and that's what moonfall is in spades the bigger screen what? you can see it on the better but uh, what is it moonfall it's the new roland emmerich movie okay um yeah no game of thrones was a disaster and uh you know they could have waited they probably could have waited for at least one of his last books to come out yeah, I mean, I, you know, here's the thing, like, I, I get, like, you want to kind of strike when the moment's hot, and at the same time, like, you've got to give the author the opportunity to complete the story before you take it and do something with it, at least in my opinion. I mean, I, I mean, I guess it is what it is, because he takes fucking forever to write them. I mean, they're, you know, the last one, I think, was fucking a lot pages, and it took him, like, fucking six years since the one before it came out and, and he's like fucking 90 so he's probably gonna die before he fucking finishes them anyhow but you know i you know i so we'll have to see but yeah i mean it's it's tough when when it's it's like i was saying it's just when it's not the author's original vision it, it, you know it's it's tough i mean i enjoyed the series i, I mean i enjoyed game of thrones for what it was but it's definitely not, you know, it's, it's, I would say it's loosely based on the, by George and R. 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 Martin, like, 
it's not really the same. I mean, it is to a certain extent, but it's not at the same time. So, you know, <coughs> excuse me, I'm smoking on some unofficial, very official weed pen. <coughs> uh, pen. Yeah, God's diesel. Uh, I liked Game of Thrones. You know, I get it. You know, historical accuracy would, you know, more than imply that men were very cruel to women and sexual violence towards women was definitely a thing. Uh, Just because that's historically accurate does not mean that I need to fucking see that, you know. And uh, that was my issue with Game of Thrones is a bit too much sexual violence towards women. And I don't care if it's historically accurate. You know, it's the same thing as to a degree with racism and shit. It's like, I don't, you know, we all know about that. And, well, and on okay. one hand, it hinders it. If you don't show that, then you're not being historically true till times the other times. It's just like, you really want to be careful how much shit you let into your brain through your eyes. You know? Uh, I, I, I liked it. I liked it more when it was about battle and shit than when, you know, it was about Joffrey being a demented sociopath. But I liked it up until uh, they ran into the part, the point where they were now in uncharted in charted territories. And then to me, it kind of felt like kind of tiptoeing on the lines of fan fiction. And it's like, well, you know, the story's kind of ended, so to speak. Um Let's just write our own version. That's how the fucking lady who wrote Fifty Shades of Grey, that was Twilight fanfic that got turned into some shit that probably just, she was probably like, shit, this got out of control really fast. I'm just uh, going to ride the lightning. Fuck it. I'm just going to go with it, write a couple more shitty books, and whatever. And that's what, you know, the end of the Game of Thrones felt like to me. It was just like shitty, 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 shitty fan fiction. Yeah. And they yeah, were probably I mean, just right with the other we're fascinated with masturbation on this episode uh well you know blame tommy lee (laughs) hey i'm not like you i I didn't get extremely offended i bumped into it (laughs) like i i knew about it because i listened to the kevin smith podcast and fat men beyond podcast and he was oddly into the talking animatronic penis so i knew it was coming but I didn't know where it was coming. No pun intended. Uh, but pun I, I saw it. I knew it was happening. And I had read an article about it. I was like, oh, and, you know, they read the, the cast list. And it was Jason Manzukis as Tommy Lee's dick. I'm like, what the fuck? So I already knew what was about to happen. But when it happens, like, I don't, you know, it's like, did I need to see it? No. Did it, did it hurt me personally or deep down inside? No. But at the same time, like, you know, don't let that shit happen again, dog, is kind of how I felt about it. But I, again, at the end of the day, I'm a completionist. I need to complete. And it's only eight episodes. Bad thing about it. You'd rather pour bleach in your eyes and do another minute of it. It's only, you know. And who says that you have to absolutely pay attention? Sometimes I just get up in the middle of the episode like, oh, shit, the pizza's burning. Like, I can hear it in the background. It's not like it's really important. Right. Well, shout out to Kevin Smith and uh, his podcast, Fat Man. You know, I, it's, he's, that's a good podcast. Um, I uh, doesn't surprise me that he uh, 
likes that. It's in his wheelhouse. That's kind of his humor style to a certain extent, especially if you watch like Jay and Silent Bob, which, by the way, I love. Um, but at the same time, beyond about Jay and Silent Bob, that's probably about the extent of my real kind of foray into that kind of humor. Like we've talked at length before about my my conservativeness and my prudiness when it comes to stuff like South Park and Always Sunny in Philadelphia and those kind of things that are just a little too much for me. So, um, you know, at the same time, uh, you know, or not at the same time, but this is kind of in that same, you know, vein. Um, so, yeah. Just one second. Sorry. That's all right. All right, we got a uh, fuck. You know, if we got, I do look at the analytics, Alan, and uh, I do know that a small group, a, 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 the large percentage of our listeners are, uh, I think, from my age to your age range. So okay. there is probably, I think, about a five or six percent of our listeners are uh, from this generation or whatever the fuck. So this this next piece of news might not resonate with them at all. For me, and I know that I was probably a little bit young yet because uh, it came out, it originated in 1953. But uh, Gumby... 53? 1953. Uh, this yeah. next piece of news is that Gumby is acquired by live action and animated movies yes. and shows are planned. I'm hyped for that. I'm hyped uh, me and my brothers, we used to watch this, this show, Gumby. And at the yep. end of each episode, there'd be... We just called it the Gumby dance, because we didn't know what the fuck it was called, but it was at the end of each episode in the credits, where Gumby was kind of... It looked like a dance, but he was just kind of jumping or dancing back and forth, waving his arms. Stupid kid shit. But uh, I'm psyched up for... It's gonna be... You know, they gotta, they gotta do it right with the live action. Otherwise... <laughs> It might be like a bad acid trip for me. Yeah, no, I mean, it moves the needle for me. I mean, I remember watching Gumby as a kid. You know, I definitely grew up on Gumby to a certain extent. Um, I mean, I wasn't born in the 50s, but, you know, he was still around when I was born, obviously, as he was for you. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, I've always been a Gumby fan, and uh, his horse or pal pokey, and... Uh, I'm ready for it, yeah. As long as they do it well and they do it justice, I'm ready for it. Yep, they got to do it right. Um, <clears throat> let's look. Next piece. Ugh, sorry, I can't talk. Next piece of information uh, regards Disney Plus and it regards one former General Kenobi. And uh, this next piece of news is that the Obi Wan show release date revealed uh as what is it uh, 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 uh. may 25th which what? is actually the uh, 45th anniversary of wars or for people who aren't aware star wars was what it was originally called before it got sequelized and became a big thing would later on be called star wars a new hope but uh obi-wan kenobi's disney plus release date on May 2022 is uh, on the day of the 45th anniversary of the baby that started it all. I'm really excited for this. Uh, you know, as with 
The Mandalorian, as with Bubba Fett, although I haven't finished it yet, I still need to finish it. Um, I like everything Star Wars. You know, I kind of geek out for anything Star Wars. And so we've talked at length on many a podcast about how happy we are to, to see an expansion of the Star Wars universe. Um, and this is just another one of those um, things. I think Obi-Wan's a very interesting character. You know, obviously he's been... Uh, 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 basically a primary character through all of the movies, um, either in corporeal form or in spiritual form, um, you know, and uh, yeah, I mean, in, in many respects, Obi-Wan Kenobi is, you know, kind of the backbone of of the Star Wars stories, um, or Star Wars story. So it'll be interesting to see how they do this again, much like we said with the last, uh, um, with the Gumby stuff, as long as they continue to do it right, um, you know, I don't have a problem with it. This is this is getting a little bit closer to home with characters that are are so that are canon, I guess. So you got to do it more right. Like when you when you do something like the Mandalorian, uh, and you, you introduce us to a new character that none of us are familiar with, you can kind of do whatever you want. But as you start to stray back to characters that we're familiar with, like Boba Fett and Obi Wan, you definitely have to take your your time and be more conscious, more conscious and conscious, con- yeah, yeah, um, about the continuity of, of the canon of these characters and what you're doing at this point. If you're creating new characters, and it doesn't really matter, but when they're characters we all know and love and we know certain things about them, it, you know, it's got to hit those points and so on. So we'll see. Again, if John Favreau's involved in this, you know, I'm sure it'll be really good. Um, you know, as it seems, he, he kind of has the Midas touch, in my opinion. You know, it seems like m- most of what he touches, you know, in my opinion. So, yeah, I'm all for it. As am I. I can't. Uh, I cannot wait for the show to come out. Thankfully, we're longer. Uh, let me see. Oh, here's some news you're sure to love. Sure to love. Impossible seven and eight planned as Tom Cruise's send off. And you know, I just gotta say for this personally, because the actual fan of the Mission Impossible shows and you're not, or movies, I mean. But uh I remember when Mission Impossible go was Tom uh, Tomas Cruz's alleged hey, fuck off, old guy. But they kept him so I'm skeptical on this and, 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 and again it raises the question like so what does that mean like we're not done with Mission Impossible after 7 and 8 we're just done with Ethan Hunt finally not not that he's been a character that hasn't been enjoyable but it's like dude I just realized the other day Tom Cruise is going to be like 60 or something like you need to stop one trying to body shame or nothing like that but he's a grandpa you need to stop taking your shirt off buddy like do do feasibly responsible shit you're older now. You can't be doing all this craziness. Yeah, I mean, Mission Impossible is that guy that you string up at the gallows and you kick the thing out from underneath him and you watch him wriggle and die and then you cut him down and then you fucking kick him again and then you stab him and shoot him and kick him again and continue to beat him until he's actually way beyond dead because this is just ridiculous. Like, it's beating a dead horse way into the ground. Like, I can't, um, we didn't need any more than the first one or two or three, maybe at most, that were okay. We've talked about this in depth before, um, but we definitely don't need seven or eight. 
And I, you know, I, I'm not watching them. I, I didn't watch six. I'm not watching seven or eight. I, I'm, I'm, I'm officially now in protest. Uh, Tomas Cruze is far past an age where he should be doing these. And the fact that he still looks like he's 25 means he's got to be an animatronic robot by now. And I'm definitely not interested in watching that. So he can fuck off and they can fuck off. I'm tired of Hollywood just, oh, we'll just slap another piece of shit out there, another fucking, and give it another, just because it's part of a franchise. It can be number nine or number 275. And what's another piece of shit out there? And I'm tired of it. So no, I'm not watching it. And I'm pissed off. Well, damn. I guess if we want to see Alan get pissed off, like violently mad, we just talk about Tom Cruise because I've never heard you speaking in those soft Dosset tones. <laughs> yes, sir. I'm done. Um, I think we have one more piece of news. All um, right. See how prepared I am. That's right. Um, tab. The news. Uh, the main two gets official. What? I said, lay it on me. The Meg two gets official title as filming starts on Jason Statham sequel. Uh, Geez, why don't they just put it in the beginning? Okay, it's uh, the official title is uh, Meg 2, The Trench. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, this moves the needle for me. I like the Meg. I thought it was good. I mean, it's, you know, I'm a Jason Statham fan. I don't think he's necessarily like, you know, the greatest highbrow actor out there, but he's, you know, he's better than just the average action star, uh, in my opinion. I think he has a little bit of depth to him as an actor. Uh, I enjoyed the first one, The Meg, and I like, you know, both shark movies and, uh, you know, ocean movies. I, you know, I'm, I'm kind of big on ocean films and I definitely dig shark films. So this, uh, this kind of, the first one I thought, you know, hit the mark for the most part. It's not winning any Academy Awards or anything, but it's not a bad movie. It was very entertaining. It was one of those edge your seat type things and one of those, I'm not going to call it a guilty pleasure because I think it's better than that. It's not like it's a bad film. Um, you know, so yeah, I'm definitely interested in the second one, especially if it's bringing back Jason Satan, as it sounds like it is. And, and you know, hopefully maybe the other people that had, you know, success with the first one. So yeah, no, I'm definitely interested in that. It's just a little bit confusing how they can even do a second one, seeing as, like, unless I missed something, like, they kind of killed all the sharks in the first one. But whatever. Oh, you never killed all that. the sharks. I don't know, man. I'm stoned most of the time when I'm watching this shit. You think I'm sober? No, watching? I'm just saying. I mean, I think, I think you're right. I mean, I think that was the impression that they gave off, but you never kill all the sharks. I mean, fuck, they bring back fucking Jason Voorhees 25 times. Why can't they find another shark in the ocean? Like, I'm, you know, I mean, it's, yeah, I mean, I, it's just a matter of, you know, it's, we thought they were all gone, just much like in Jaws, just like when you thought it was safe to go back in the water, just when you saw all the Megs were gone. Here comes Meg too. Dun, 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 dun. You know, I mean, it's that same. <laughs> you know, we thought there couldn't be a bigger one. 
and then we found it, aka in the trench, Mariana's trench. We had to dive the Mariana's trench for some sort of reason, hence why it's called the trench. And there we found an even bigger mag. <laughs> so yeah, no, I mean we could already probably we could probably write the story here in about five minutes and be pretty accurate on what the screenplay is going to look like when it comes out. But at the same time, you know, they'll put some nice, you know, action shots in there, some beautiful water shots, and we're going to see the CGI shark and all that cool stuff. So, yeah, I mean, it's, again, it's one of those that'll be entertaining, and, you know, I'll watch it. Yeah, I'll check it out. You know, I live the Regal Unlimited life, so I think I can afford to go see it in theaters. No doubt. You're going to see stuff that's bad all the time. Yeah, yeah, you know, I, I definitely am. It's that unlimited lifestyle. I can afford it. No doubt. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that wraps up the uh, last regular podcast that uh, Mr. Entertainment Beyond will be joining us on. And uh, from this point going forward, except for once a month or so, it's just going to be the beautiful and majestic. Not the young and the restless, the beautiful and majestic. <laughs> well, I will look forward to continuing to listen, even though I won't uh, be participating as often. And uh, it'll be uh, an amazing show as it was before I ever came along. And, uh, you know, I'll still be here. I'll, I'll definitely still be here. And who knows down the road, things can always change. So maybe we'll uh, end up doing what we wanted to do and get it somehow on uh, YouTube and make millions of dollars off of it. And we can do this as our full-time jobs, and then I'll have all the time in the world to do this. Well, there you go. You know, <laughs> I'm a dreamer, and my heart's of gold. So, yeah. Uh, you want to take us out one more time, Alan? In the immortal words of Ron Burgundy, as always, keep it classy. Stuff it down with a whole lot of brown. And we're talking whiskey, not heroin, people. Stuff it down with brown <laughs> whiskey. Brown whiskey. I, you know, to be honest with you, I was never quite sure. I always thought we were talking about brown weed myself, but brown whiskey works well too. Oh yeah, no, I was always talking about whiskey. Why would you want to smoke brown weed? Well, my you wouldn't. Asked that, I, me when I said that, she's like, "Are you talking about heroin?" Is like, my God, I never even thought of that. No, I'm talking about whiskey. Never. Well, it was, it was vague enough that everybody probably came to their own conclusion. So I could have been talking assumed, about, you know, especially talking Ron Burgundy. Uh, and he was drinking a lot of wool with scotch, which is obviously yeah. disgusting. But he was talking to me, you know. So I just always thought that we were in silent agreement that Brown was talking uh-huh. about hard liquor. Well, now, now we're on the same page, and so are all three of our listeners. All three of our listeners are on the same page, as well as us. And it only took us ending this union <laughs> of being podcast co-hosts for it to, for us to finally come to an agreement on something. Two years of us disagreeing about shit. We finally come to agreement at the end. Isn't that ironic? Isn't that ironic? The cruel, sweet, deathly kiss of irony. (laughs) But anyways, to to fully establish, we're talking, well, I was talking about hard liquor, stuff it down with brown, and hey, uh, that indoor mask mandate is allegedly going to end. Uh, on the 31st of next month at least in Oregon so uh, looks like we finally made it to somewhere Uh, but (laughs) we'll see we'll see we'll see what's on the horizon the sun will come up tomorrow that's the only thing that's promised baby that's right 
All right. All right, we'll sir. We'll catch you in probably a month or so. Sounds good. And uh, thank Talk you to all the listeners. That's See right. See you soon. All right. Later.